Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Hi, I'm Dr. Julie Ducharme and welcome to the She CEO Talks. So excited to be back for another episode. I love this because we talk with women leaders around the world in their unique positions and their jobs and what they're doing and how their leadership as a woman really affects the workplace. And it's so cool because every time I do another talk, I learn something new. I'm really, really excited today to have Rena Merchant with us. She is currently on the User Experience Leadership Team at Google. Previously, she was a senior UX manager at Sony PlayStation and senior customer experience manager at Citrix, leading design of the flagship product, GoToMeetings. Rena also held the position of UX manager at Rogers Communications, Inc., and has managed a design team at BlackBerry. She has over 15 years of design management experience and additionally designed for CGI Group, Bell Canada, and Ontario Power Generation. And we had the pleasure of having her at our Women Gone Wild She Talks in Huntington recently. Rena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Julie. It's so great to be here. I'm so inspired by everything you're doing with She Talks and beyond and so happy to get to talk to you today. Well, and I have to just, you know, we, we got to show this. So cool. You look amazing. And as we were just talking, I was reading the article and it was, it was really inspiring because as I mentioned, we are uh, living this with our 14-year-old daughter right now who's really interested in everything, which I'm going to be plugging you probably more on questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was reading your story of how you came about into this. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners some of that story. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to. Um, yeah, where do I begin? So, you know, the, the article touches on this a little bit. Um, and it's this dichotomy between logic and creativity. And I think that has been really the story of my life. So even from a really young age, I had this really creative side to me. Um, I was really interested in the arts and visual arts and drawing and painting, even just other arts like performing arts, dancing and singing. Um, but then I had this like logical side to me where I really enjoyed just, you know, um, nerding out on things and problem solving and the logical thinking. And so, you know, growing up, I think I was kind of dabbling in a lot of things. My, my very grateful. My parents were very supportive. They kind of set set us up with extracurricular activities and opportunities to learn and try all the different things. So it was really, really great. And then I remember getting to an age where, you know, leading up to college, I was in high school, it's like, okay, well, narrow it down now. <laughs> what do we want to do? And, and I struggled a lot because on one hand, I could have, you know, the option was go deep into arts because that was something that I was really passionate about. Um, but, you know, I, it was really hard for me to envision like, what, what's the job, you know, especially like talking to career counselors and stuff in high school. It's like, what, what's the job you're going to get? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I was struggling with kind of putting shape to that. And then, you know, because I liked the logical side of things, there was also computer science. I really liked tech and coding. And so 
I was kind of debating between the two and I ended up going into computer science. So I actually um, studied that in college and then I graduated and my very first job um, was I was a, a software developer and I loved it because again, it was like putting that problem solving side of me to, to work and I just thoroughly enjoyed it. But I think somewhere along the way, I um, I just realized I was missing like the the creative side mm-hmm. of it. I was like, I, I want to... <laughs> want to be part of the day-to-day and and it was not getting that opportunity so you know this was this was back in the day where I think web design was kind of the, the main way of bringing together the creative and design side into tech so I started kind of my side like a side business where I started you know I went to school back to school for design I started web design um, but eventually what happened was the tech industry had evolved to a point where there was this thing called user experience mm-hmm. design that was really um, just getting bigger and bigger. And so as I learned more about what that was, that's where I kind of fell in love with that idea where user experience design is, it is the design of software products. So you're still in tech, there's still that aspect of building products, problem solving, um, thinking about like, what's the right product to build, but then also how do you design it in a way that it's not only gonna be beautiful, but it's going to be useful and it's going to be easy for people to use. It's going to make their lives better. And so I ended up trying that. I was really scared because it was a bit of a shift from software development, but I tried it and I loved it and mm. I loved it back. Wow. And, and I love that you share about um, the struggle because I think one of the biggest things for our youth, I always say it's so hard to ask a kid at 18, what do you want to do for the rest of your life, right? Because we we change and evolve as we go. So t- at age 23, you may have a totally different liking than you do at 25. And, and I remember watching that evolution myself and how I ended up getting so many degrees because I was trying to figure out like, which path do I want to go? And okay, I'm going to now go get a degree in this. And for you in particular too, I can imagine as we look back on that time frame, because you've been in this, I think you somewhere around the computer software um, or engineering, did you find yourself being, you know, one out of a few women in in that group? I did. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, especially you're right back then, even today, there are are fewer women than men in that Mm -hmm. field. But especially back then, I did find myself um, kind of in the minority. I remember in my um, in my university computer science program, when I was studying computer science, I think in a class of few hundred students, there were maybe eight to 10 women. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely struggled with that because it was it was hard um, for me to just feel like I fit in. It, I, I sometimes questioned like, did I do the right thing? Am I in the right place? Um, but I think it's just my heart was so happy that I'm like, oh, let's just keep pushing through. But it's definitely a reality, absolutely, in this industry. Yeah. And, and it's an inspiration, I think, because um, as I was mentioning, my daughter is really into this. And sometimes she feels like, you know, she's a square, you know, what they say, a square peg, you know, that doesn't fit into the circle because she's really into all of these things and technology and, and obviously art as well. And so, you know, she's trying to find her spot and that's not always a popular talk 
topic among girls and wanting to hang out, you know, they're wanting to focus on nails or other things, which is totally fine as well. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I, I know that we're trying more and more to open those doors to young women. And I think culturally, we just naturally don't push them in that direction. I don't know how you feel about that. I know you, you did, you were in India and uh, India and Canada. So did you see between those two culturally? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, I mean, I think, I think it was the same thing in India. So I actually first started dabbling in computer science in India. So my parents had sent me there um, from grade nine through to 11 or so. It was just my family is originally from there. They thought if you go there, you're going to really immerse yourself in the culture. It was a great experience. And so I, um, I studied there for a few years. And that's where I first started dabbling in computer science. I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, it was kind of the same thing where you know, not a lot of the girls were choosing <laughs> the computer science courses in high school there. And then, um, but I just, again, just being a nerd at heart, I'm like, ah, it's okay. I'm just, I love this. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I, I don't think the reality had really clued in, like clicked for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't think as far as, well, if I'm one of the few girls here in this class, what is that going to mean later? Or what is that going to mean in the industry? I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I was kind of in the moment as we many times are mm -hmm. at that and I'm like, it's so it's fine. I'm just going to do this because I love it. And then I came back to Canada in um, grade 12. And so I finished up high school in Toronto. And it was very much the same thing there. There were a few of us girls in the class, not that many. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's interesting what you said about kind of feeling like the odd one out. I definitely felt it. I think of all my kind of close friends growing up there there's not that many I don't even think there was an age where there was no one else who was interested in tech um, they were interested in business and economics they were interested in like science or medicine but um, yeah and and all the other fun girl things like nails and fashion and I love that too but um, yeah I did feel a little bit like okay I'm doing this on my own um, but I think what I really did appreciate was having the support of my parents, which it sounds mm -hmm. like your daughter definitely has that mm -hmm. um, from you. And they just sort of said, no, you just, you do it. You do whatever you want. Don't worry. And then also, I think my friends were supportive too. I think even if they didn't understand <laughs> what I was doing or why, um, mm -hmm. they were just happy that I was happy. And I think the more that we can cultivate that just unconditional support for each other, mm -hmm. I think that really helps. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do at She Talks for sure is, you know, really create it where we're advocates for each other and we're bringing that support. I know very often my family jokes because I own multiple companies. They're like, we're not really sure what you exactly do, <laughs> but they're, they're supportive. They're like, we're supportive in however we can be supportive. And it makes sense, right? That we have, and I have friends like that as well, who are like, I love what you do. I don't totally understand it or get it, but like, I'll do it. But I think that's a big thing. When I was going up in my career, I really longed for some female mentorship and it just wasn't there. I was working in a really male dominated world and I actually had some fantastic male mentors. You know, I, I love our male counterparts. I think that they, that coming together as men and women in the workplace, we can really complement each other. And, um, so, you know, when people say like, Oh, it was the good old boys club that slowed you down. I'm like, really? No, it was me. Like if barriers came, either I put them up or I just had to figure out how to get around them. But it wasn't like someone was like, you can't do this, you know? Um, but I, 
I really want that for our future generation is that female mentorship that can step into women in all these different industries and feel confident that they can support them and not worry that they're going to, that, that younger one is going to take their job, you know? And so that was really been a mission and vision of that. And of course, Rhonda has that vision as well and how we were able to combine the women gone wild with the she talks. Um, I want to talk about bumps in the road because we have this a lot in our careers. And did you have some bumps in the road? And if you did, how did you get around those? Yeah, um, I absolutely had <laughs> many bumps in the road. I think, I think one big one that stands out kind of as a milestone bump in the road was I, this was back when I worked at BlackBerry. Um, and it was at the time when BlackBerry, there was just so much changing in the industry and BlackBerry as a company was going through a lot. And so BlackBerry had layoffs, uh, mass layoffs at the company. And I was impacted by those. And this was fairly early in my career. Actually, my job at BlackBerry was my very first user experience job because before that I had been in software development. So kind of early in my career, earlier, earlier in my UX journey. And I mean, I was already dealing with self-doubt and imposter syndrome because I had just kind of switched into UX. I'm like, do I have what it takes? Can I do this full time? And then, you know, I was doing fine, but then to get impacted by layoffs, you know that it has nothing to do with you. It's the broader situation at the company, but you can't help but think, mm, if I was better, maybe it wouldn't have been me on that list of people who got laid off. So I struggled a lot with that. And I think um, that actually impacted me so deeply, more so than I realized. There was kind of the immediate impact of it where you're like just shaken up and trying to get back on your feet. But for years, I would say maybe for another like 10 years following that, deep within me, I think that sort of mm. out got rooted. And then it's just really hard to get rid of that. Um, and, you know, what you said earlier really resonated with me. The whole point you made about you know, so much of it, it's, it's us, it comes from within. So when we struggle, it's, it's our own mm. doubts, it's our own fears. And so that I think was a really challenge, a big challenge for me. It's, and I've been working on it for years to just say, no, it's okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I would say that's the biggest one. Yeah. And I think as women, we're our worst critics and we're toughest on ourselves. I know I do it all the time. In fact, I was just having a conversation with my daughter. It's just prevalent because she's going into high school and she was being tough on herself. And I made her list all the good things that had happened this year and all her successes that she had had. And it was kind of like, as she's listening to them, she's kind of going like, okay, I really can't be saying this, but that self-doubt, you know, and that, and that, and I, I would consider you and I both um, overachievers. And so as overachievers, uh, I think we're incredibly hard on ourselves. And so um, I agree with you. I, ha I had those moments too. I had someone say something to me early on in my career that I wasn't smart enough to be in college and I should drop out. And I definitely held on to that like you for literally like 10 years. And it was really a self-revelation moment where I started reflecting on everything I did over that 10 years. And I was like, why am I thinking this? This is crazy. So, you know, and I think this is why women as well get, you know, so many degrees. So, I mean, we have these eight page resumes and they're so stinking impressive. And it's, and then I'll hear women all the time say, I think I better just go get one more degree. I'm like, but you have four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so true. I was actually thinking about this just earlier today. It, this was on my mind. It's, it's this, you know, for me, um, I mentioned I struggled with imposter syndrome. And sometimes, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. But now looking back to make up for that, 
inner self-doubt. I would just go out and be like, yeah, I need one more degree. I need one more thing. I need to do this course. I need to do this training. And I, you know, it was like, that will make me, that'll ease the self-doubt. That'll make me feel like, okay, now I'm good. Now I'm qualified. Now I'm okay. And um, it was interesting because I was thinking about, you know, on the other hand, I love learning. I love growth. I'm so passionate about that. So it's like when we pursue learning from that place, it's because I'm so passionate about it. That's why I'm going to do it. That's great. But sometimes we pursue it from a place of, I want it to fill a void within me. And that it's, it's never great. I mean, you learn, but it doesn't quelch (laughs) the imposter syndrome. It's like the cycle you keep going and you keep wanting to find the next thing that's going to make you qualified enough. It's like, no, we're great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, it feels good to know I'm not the only person that feels like that. Um, because I mean, even today as, as accomplished as I am and I'm as accomplished as you are, I'm sure you still have doubts. I, I do. I have those mornings where I wake up and people will be like, Oh, Julie, your life's fine. You don't have any issues. I was like, now stop. <laughs> stop. We we all have these moments where we wake up. Whether we look in the mirror and we go, oh, I don't like how I look this morning, or we end in a meeting and we're like, wow, that did not go the way I wanted to. Or we work on a project that we feel like just didn't make the mark. Like that still happens. And I think that's important for us to acknowledge that for leaders out there like yourself and I are like listen we're still we still have those moments you know but but that's also what this is about right is us uplifting each other and I have girlfriends regularly call me and say listen I just need you to tell me that I can do it today that I can do this and I'm like you can do it. <laughs> and I love that. Well, I know we have a lot of women who are now entering the tech world. Um, in fact, that's why we're doing a She Talks Women in Tech is because we actually have uh, Luba who's heading it up for us. But she's been working with women who are kind of never been in tech and now wanting to enter the world. Um, and she's really trying to show them that it's not that far out of their reach. Um, for that. And so I was wondering if maybe you can give some tips to women who are thinking that they might want to make the leap into the world of tech. Um, you know, I know that's a million positions, but maybe some thoughts or tips on that. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for what you're doing in the tech space with She Talks. That's amazing. Um, I would say, I think maybe there's sort of the, I would look at it from the internal and external standpoint. So internal being just exactly what we were talking about earlier. Um, don't, don't be afraid. If I could tell myself that, you know, years ago, um, the, the younger, younger me, I would tell myself that don't be afraid. I think so many times when trying to enter a new space or maybe it's new for us, or maybe it's a space, like we were saying, like, there's not that many, not as many women in tech. So we kind of feel like, will I fit in? Can I do it? All these questions come up and, and we just lose ourselves in fear. And either we just give up and we say, ah, oh, I won't do it. Or we put it off, we delay it, or we, or we say, okay, well, I can only do it when, when I go to school for this, or when I get this degree. Or, and so I would say, um, my first thought would be just, just go for it, because there's never going to be a moment where we're going to feel like, yep, yeah, this is, I'm ready. You know, we're never, we never feel ready um, when it comes to these things. So I would say, just go for it, make the leap. And we can always learn as we go. So if you, if you enter, and then you're like, okay, I really want to like, brush up on this skill set, or I need to learn this new capability, then you can always do that along the way. Um, I know for me, I did that, like I I had my undergraduate degree, but I kind of went in and then as years pass by, I realized, oh, I'm lacking the business skills. Like, Mm -hmm. how am I going to be a leader if I don't know how business works? So then almost like 
I don't even know, eight years afterwards, I went back to school to get an MBA, which it's okay. Like you can learn, learn as you go. I think the mentorship thing that you brought up earlier is really great too. It's so amazing to find mentors and sponsors in the industry. And especially for women, it does help because then you, you know, you do feel like, yeah, I'm not alone. There's yeah. someone else. Like I remember um, my very first job um, in, in tech, I, I had this VP and she was a woman of color and I've still kept in touch with her after all these years. She's so amazing. She kind of became this mentor person for me. And whenever I have self-doubt, I reach out to her and I actually reached out to her you know, maybe a year or so ago, I met her for coffee and I was, I was like, do you still feel like you're you sh at this point, she's like the chief technology officer at one of the biggest tech companies in Canada. So she's wow. a, she's a huge deal. And, and I'm like, do you feel self-doubt? Like, you know, <laughs> she's like, are you kidding? She's like, every time I walk in a boardroom, I'm like, what am I doing here? And so just having other mentors, other people, other um, figures that we can reach out to for just either, like you said, just support, like a pep talk, or just to learn how they went about things, that has helped me. And so I would say um, to others, like, don't hesitate. I think sometimes I would worry. I'm like, is it okay to reach out and ask for mentorship? I'm sure that person's really busy. But people are so, so happy and so willing and so giving, um, willing to help. So I would say reach out and mm -hmm. maybe my two biggest yeah. And I know you mentioned um, a few minutes ago that if you could tell your younger self not to be afraid, mm -hmm. is there any other things that you would tell your younger self if you could go back and give your younger self advice? Oh my gosh, so many, <laughs> so many. <laughs> but um, maybe another one I can share is um, kind of related to self-doubt, but it's like the to have the confidence to just be myself. I think many times as I would get lost in the self-doubt and, and especially that whole I don't fit in thing, mm -hmm. I would try to change my, I thought, okay, well, I don't fit in. That's why I feel uncomfortable. So I need to fit in. And so the way to fit in is I need to change myself. And I would try to mm -hmm. become who I thought other people, others wanted me to be or who I thought the tech industry needs. And what does success look like in the tech industry? What does leadership look like in the tech industry? I need to be that. Mm -hmm. And that's never, it never works when you try to change yourself because it's not authentic. It's not you. You can try to pull it off for a little while, but it's unsettling and you don't feel happy within because you're not in alignment with yourself. And so it took me many, many years to realize, no, I need to stop trying to be someone I'm not just because I think that's what is needed for me to succeed. I need to just be comfortable with who I am. If if I'm a female leader in the tech industry that's intuitive and creative and just different from everyone else, that's okay. Like that's mm -hmm. who I need to just be. So I would tell my younger self, stop trying to be someone you're not because you're never going to be happy and you're not going to be successful that way. What's your what's your secret sauce? Like mm -hmm. find that and bring that to the table. So that mm -hmm. would be another piece of advice. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And it's true. It's true. I, I had the same issue as I was learning to become a leader is I tried to behave like other leaders and, and especially most of my male counterparts, because I thought that's what I needed to do. And it took a little bit of time. But as just like you, I had to figure out like, I have to be me, I have to take this path. And some are going to love me and some aren't. And I'm going to have to be okay with that as much as I didn't like it. So I think that's great advice. Well, I have been so excited to have you on the show. I could talk 
to you for hours about this. I mean, it just sounds like even though we have two different industries, I feel like we we have similar paths and, you know, you're just a soul sister that, you know, now we have to connect and talk to each other because I just, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, been there. Yes. <laughs> so, same. I've been nodding and smiling <laughs> every yeah. time you say something. So. Yeah. Well, and I think this is going to be inspiring for women, whether young or old, they're looking to get into industries. And a lot of times that's what they need to hear, that it is attainable and that you can do it. Because a lot of times people think that, think, well, I can't go do what you're doing. And they can. They just need to hear it. Sometimes, you know, they need to hear that we get scared, that we hit barriers, that we put our own barriers up. You know, we had imposter syndrome, but, you know, that's all something that we can get past. So I just thank you you so much for being so authentic and transparent and sharing that um, with our audience today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to chat. It is amazing chatting with you always, Julie, and for the opportunity to share. I think it's so amazing what you're doing for others, what you're doing for women. And um, I can't wait to, to learn more about what's next. And she talks in tech. That sounds amazing. Very yes. Yes. And make sure you guys check out the Women Gone Wild book. It's on Amazon, uh, which you, I believe, have a chapter in, correct? And then uh, there's more coming out. There's a whole list of them. So make sure you guys go on there, type in Women Gone Wild, um, and you will find that book. And as I always say, live, love, laugh, and always accept. Thanks for listening to Lead and Empower Her with your host, Dr. Julie Duchamp. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.